Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your Pre-Veterinary Advisor at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine. Today we have a really interactive and fun episode. I'm with Arizona Spencer, one of our new class of 2023 members. Arizona, how are you doing? I am fantastic. How are you? I am so good. I'm so happy to have you because we are going to actually go through your application. The reason we're doing this is I feel like students sometimes think about the application a little bit too abstractly, so we want to make it very concrete. So Arizona has her iPad. It's going to show her application from her perspective, and I have my iPad, and it's going to go over what the admissions committee actually sees. So Arizona, before we even get started with the application, I know students are probably super excited to hear what you did, um, but I want to remind everybody that this is Arizona's story. Her story is going to be specific to her, and she's been gracious enough to come and share that story with us, but we are not saying that what Arizona did is what you guys need to do. This is just to get you more familiar with the application. So first, Arizona, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background, your experience, your education? Sure. So I went to UF for undergrad. I did animal science, kind of the usual, quote-unquote usual, uh, pre-vet track. Um, I did a lot of work throughout undergrad. Um, I worked almost all four years. Uh, in the last two years, I worked heavily in the small animal hospital. I did a lot of volunteer work. So when you said that you worked in the hospital, you mean the UF Small Animal Hospital? Yes. Um, now, you're a cardio tech. Did you work anywhere else or was it mostly in cardio? It was mostly cardio in f at first. And um, I think about maybe like six or eight months into that job, I got a second job. Uh, it was with research. Good. Perfect. Yeah. And, um, you know, students, some things to think about here. So Arizona had, you know, great experience going on. She got her research in. She definitely had hands-on veterinary experience. And she did mention that her GPA and GRE scores were not, you know, the highest that uh, of the range. Now, as most of you know, we don't require the GRE anymore, which is great. So don't worry about that. But your GPA, while important, is not everything. So let's go through all of the extras. The first thing we want to go over, you know, Arizona, it opened up last May. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the date that you turned your application in? So I turned it in the day it was due. Ha! Really? <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah. that's a good point because everybody's oh, always God. asking me, oh. should I turn it in early? Does it make yes. a difference? I know quite a few students who actually turned it in last minute and they're here and that's fine. So there's no rush for your own sanity. You know, you might want to turn it in a little bit earlier. I know I would be turning it in probably two weeks in advance. However you want to do it, it's fine. So Arizona got her application in. The first thing our office does is we look at the students who have the GPAs that we want to see that year. Now we don't have a specific range. We don't have a minimum number. What we do is we say this year we can review this many students. So the year that Arizona applied, which was this year, we had 1,242 applicants, and we reviewed over 750 of them. So she was in a pool of 750. Then that's based on GPAs. So you can imagine that was a wide range. She got, gets processed by three people, and those three reviewers look at the entire application. So the first thing I think that we should talk about, Arizona, is your experiences. So there are six sections, animal experience, employment, extracurricular, research, veterinary, and volunteer. 
So I can see that Arizona had animal experiences. She had paid employment. She had a lot of extracurricular activities. She has her research that we talked about. She has veterinary experience and she has volunteer experience. So she had all six sections. Now, folks at home, that does not mean you need to have all six. However, it does help you stand out, look well-rounded, and it will give her more things to talk about in an interview. So Arizona, of these experiences that you have in front of you, can you tell me you know, briefly which ones helped prepare you for vet school and maybe some that students aren't specifically thinking about, maybe not necessarily just veterinary experiences? Let's see. So cardio definitely uh, really, really prepared me for what I assume vet school will be like in the whole veterinary field as well. Uh, I got to work close with the vet students. We get them every two weeks, and uh, that way I was able to really be able to ask them questions and any concerns I had. They kind of told me and they prepared me um, and kind of got me, gave me an idea as far as what I would be expecting and kind of where to go. You know, something I want to bring up, I'm looking on your experiences, underemployment. You were a Statue of Liberty sign yes. waiver. <laughs> okay, folks. So, you know, I've had Arizona as a pre-vet student for a while, so this doesn't surprise me. But um, for those of you who drive down the street and you see those those folks wearing a Statue of Liberty costume or even any Domino's, Pizza Hut, everyone's got someone who waves the sign outside of their establishment. You were one of those people. Yes, I was. My first job. Talk me through <laughs> why that was a good experience for vet school. I feel that it really helps because you you take every opportunity that you can mm-hmm. and you learn from it. Yes. Um, that obviously is not a glorif, like a really exciting job. I mean, it, it is exciting, but like, you know, it's obviously not in vet med. It's obviously, you know, it's Florida. It's hot. You're going to be sweaty. Um, but you do learn to really appreciate the opportunities that you are given. Um, (laughs) Even if it is dancing in the blazing hot sun or in the rain or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not telling you guys to go out and get that job per se, but (laughs) it does stand out. So we talked about the research and the vet experience. You have a lot of extracurricular activities. You were a TA. You did Operation Catnip. Another interesting experience I'm seeing on here is your volunteer experience with the Alachua County Crisis Center. Talk me through why you chose that experience and what you learned from that. I have always been interested in mental health. I wanted to learn and be able to communicate with all kinds of people and be able to learn those skills um, early on. Yeah, working at a crisis center can relate to a lot of parts of the field because it can relate to students in the veterinary class. Mm -hmm. It can relate to veterinarians who are already in the profession who are going through ups and downs. And then it also helps with your clients because you're going to see clients who are coming in who are not on their best day if they're bringing their animal in. And so working with humans in general helps with those skills. But specifically for what Arizona did, working with the crisis center, she really got exposed to that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so hopefully this sparked your interest in other areas besides just veterinary experience, potentially other employment opportunities and volunteer opportunities. And don't forget about that research. Okay, Arizona, let's go to the essays portion of our application. So we're not going to break down the essays explicitly, but we want to know what your thought process was when you were writing them. So you all will be required to write three essays for VEMCAS, and these could change every year, but the current essays that Arizona had to write um, were about the career choices in veterinary medicine, in what ways do veterinarians contribute to society, and she needed to consider the breadth of the profession and talk about how what uh, attributes veterinarians need. So specifically with the VEMCAS essays, 
Can you tell me how you approached them? I believe in the pre-vet club, we had kind of a snippet as far as like, these are what the prompts are going to be or what they're going to be like. And um, so when the time got closer and when I think the application actually opened, um, I created a Google Doc um, because I would open up the Google Doc and I would kind of just like put points down that would come to me throughout the day or whatever. Um, And then really when the time came, I would sit down and just like just go for it and kind of string those points together. Okay, so what I like about this is it's almost kind of like an essay journaling. Yes. That when you had ideas, you would go to your doc, you'd write it down, okay, and then when it came time to write the essay, I have to imagine it was easier to write because you had those points. More or less, yeah. <laughs> Good, okay. Yeah. So those are the VEMCAST essays. We have specific essays as well. So UF this year required five essays. The purpose of five essays was to go for our holistic application process. We wanna get to know each student as much as possible. This year, the essays were on academic performance, experiences that prepared you to enter veterinary school, Students had to choose two or three words that described them and one that didn't from a bank of words. So that's all about self-awareness. Students had to pick one of three topics to define a strategy um, about a current veterinary issue. So for example, trap neuter return programs or horse soaring or small animal shelter euthanasia. A student would have to choose one and come up with a plan and strategy to make it work in a community. And finally, the last question was about diversity. Um, And we have a whole podcast on diversity with Dr. Jones. So we won't delve into that one right now, but I encourage everyone to go to episode two of the Pre-Vet podcast and listen to how you can approach the diversity question. Here are some tips for the essays that I think everyone needs to know. If you are going to write something in an essay, It needs to be reflective somewhere in the experiences section. So if you were to write, I want to be an aquatic animal veterinarian someday, and I see no aquatic animal experience in your experiences section, and I see no aquatic animal coursework, that's not going to make sense. Mm -hmm. So make sure your essays make sense for your story and who you are. Do not feel like you cannot repeat what was in the experience section. So I know one of our students in the class of 2022 played tuba in the marching band. So that is in his experience section, but he also wrote about it in an essay, and that is okay. In fact, it is good because you are then able to elaborate on those experiences. So don't feel like you're double dipping from sections. I feel like I wrote, I kind of repeated myself, but then I was able to elaborate on them a little bit more. So I'm just going to pull up one of Arizona's essays. No one is going to copy these essays. This is just to give an example of some good writing and getting to know Arizona. So regarding her academic performance, she says, quickly finding a job after moving to attend UF was a necessity since first generation freshman students usually have little to no family financial contribution. What a great opening sentence, because immediately I know Arizona is a first generation college student and that she was looking for a job immediately, and that she had to struggle through you know, n- financial difficulties. Mm-hmm. Being a first-generation student means that she is the first person in her family to go to college. I also like from her essay about, choose two words that sound like you and one that doesn't. Just listen to the sentence. During my two minutes of CPR, I verbally instructed the assembly of our cardiac defibrillator while emergency started placing an IV catheter. Although Lavender did not survive her arrest, my efficiency and composure facilitated optimal treatments and guidance. My ability to facilitate is not limited to emergency situations as it is a daily demonstration with students. I uplift students while personalizing teaching methods to compensate for weaknesses in every two-week block. So I'm really getting to know who Arizona is. She used a specific example about a dog named Lavender, and she's showing me how she reacts under pressure, but that she's also translating it to human interaction. As many times as you guys can relate human and animal interaction, the better. Letters of recommendation. (laughs) 
I immediately thought of you know, doing my employers, um, someone from cardio, and my manager from my other job, and an academic advisor. Um, I couldn't bet choose between two doctors in cardio. I felt one I helped you know with lab research, and then the other one kind of saw me on a clinical basis. Um, so I decided to go with both, and I just kind of asked the one, like, hey, even though you've seen me on clinics, like, please, can you focus a little bit more on the lab aspect that I've helped you in? So what I like that Arizona did was she thought about who was going to write her letters, who knows her the best, and she asked specifically what she would like one of the letter writers to focus on. Mm -hmm. Arizona ended up with four letters. Like she said, she had two veterinarians, one to focus on vet med, one to focus on research. You had an employer and an academic yes. reference. Now I'm going to talk about the piece that Arizona might not know as much about. So the scoring part. What happens is she turned in her application. Uh, we reviewed it because she was one of the top, you know, 750 students. It went to three people. Those three people score her um, on a point scale. This can change every year. But in general, veterinary students in general are being evaluated on, you know, can they handle the academic coursework? So we can see that through your transcripts. We can see that through her essay on her assessment of her academic performance. We are assessing you on pre-veterinary and life experiences, specifically on resiliency. We're looking for self-awareness, and we are seeing that in her essay about, you know, two words that describe her and one word that doesn't. So can you evaluate yourself on your strengths and weaknesses? We are also looking for her social awareness. That is specific to veterinary medicine. So that is on the horse soaring, trap neuter release, and um, small animal shelter euthanasia essay that we brought up. So when you guys approach an essay, especially on an issue that has two sides, make sure you address both and then make sure you address why you favor one side over the other. And finally, they are going to assess you on your understanding of diversity, um, which again, you guys are going to listen to episode two of our podcast to understand that. And they evaluated her on her letters of recommendation. After they do all of this, then they decide, should the student be admitted? And they are going to say, yes, invite for an interview, um, invite if space available, and finally, do not invite. And they tend to give comments. So this year, Arizona, you know, got three, please invite for an interview. So after the three admissions committee members review her packet, then she's given a total number of points. Then... We calculate the amount of points everybody has, and we can only interview the top 315-ish students. And that's the hardest conversation I have with students is when I have an amazing student who I know is going to be a great veterinarian, but it just wasn't the right year for them because maybe the applicant pool was too competitive, or maybe there were their application could have been a little bit more refined, or they could have gone over their essays one more time. So she had enough points to get to an interview, and then she had a great interview, and that got her enough points to get into the class of 2023. Yay. Um, so that's a basic overview of the application process. And remember, it's not just about the numbers. Arizona's GPA is not a 4.0. Far from it. Far from <laughs> it. And we're not going to tell you what it is because it's not, it doesn't matter what it is. What matters is the year that she applied and the experiences that she's had and how she has expressed those experiences on paper and in person in the interview was perfect for this year and got her a seat in the class of 2023. She is an extremely hard worker. I am not surprised that she got in, but even if she hadn't gotten in this year, that would not have devalued any of her experiences. We just would have tried again. Mm -hmm. And for so many students, it wasn't the year for them. And I hope that this podcast helps you think a little bit more about things you can add to your application. But just to remember, it depends on the year. And it depends on how you express yourself. And for this year, it was Arizona's year. What advice do you have for students who are getting ready to apply? 
breathe. Breathe. <laughs> it can get very overwhelming very quickly. Um, time manage, but most importantly, breathe. It's going to be okay. Just take a couple bites at a time. Don't overwhelm yourself. It will be fine. Well, I want to thank Arizona for being here today and taking time out of her cardio schedule to be here and for her advice and willingness to go through the entire application. We look forward to the applicants for the class of 2024. If you have any questions at all about your application, you can always contact our office. I'm Alex Avellino and we'll talk to you soon.